all. Welcome to Taxpayer Alert. I'm Al Sagawa. I'll be your moderator. I'm also president of the Calaveras County Taxpayer Association. And we're so delighted with, it, with these programs because we get the inside scoop and we usually have some pretty informed people as our guests. This session is no different. We have our county CAO, Krista Von Lada. Sounds like a uh, coffee drink, but it's really her. <laughs> <laughs> Krista, welcome to our program. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Al, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be on speaking with you today. Um, so, wow, yeah, about me. Um, I grew up uh, north of Modesto with my family. I uh, lived on a ranchette there for um, until I moved away from home and went to school. So as a child, we would come up to the county regularly, um, Tuolumne and Calaveras, and my folks had always intended to retire here, which they did on about 2001. So meanwhile, um, as I'm coming home here now, uh, they, we sold the family house in Modesto a little after um, they moved here. And uh, so this has been home to me um, since then, essentially. I was still traveling and doing my thing, working, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But um, uh, so let's see, lived in the Bay Area, went to UC Berkeley, uh, where I graduated with a degree in rhetoric. Uh, my intention um, all along was to go to law school, which I did in New York. So I'm, um, among other things, a New York uh, attorney. So I practiced in New York for um, for several years. Where in New York? Uh, New York City. I worked for a large law firm, actually a couple of them there. Um, was very, very fortunate. Had a great time. Worked with amazing people. Um, absolutely loved it. I did deals. So uh, most attorneys, or not, I shouldn't say most, but many attorneys and certainly the one of the personas that attorneys have is to, as a, like a courtroom uh, trial advocate. Um, I never did trial work. I'm a deal maker. So corporate and securities law and we would do things like public offerings of securities, uh, private placements, um, special purpose acquisition companies and the like. So uh, really, really interesting and diverse practice along with some traditional uh, M&A work uh, or mergers and acquisitions work and whatnot so I really enjoyed that and um, when my dad got sick it was time to move back to California to get closer so I moved down south and was there until he got really sick and so I moved to Calaveras on basically an emergency basis just a little over six years ago and immediately started um, volunteering at the food pantry and uh, at Sierra Hope and Angel's Camp while I decided what my next step was going to be. And next step was county government. And if I had known how much fun it was going to be, I would have done it sooner. I that, was, that was my next question. What, what do you enjoy most about, uh, about being CAO? Oh, wow. Um, well, first of all, serving. I, 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 I really do. I, I love it. And we have fun. I mean, a lot of our jobs are challenging, right? I yeah. mean, and yet there is uh, something so comforting um, to know that at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is help somebody. And sometimes we succeed. Um, we try and have fun in the process no matter what. Um, sometimes that's more difficult than others. But there is never a day that I don't learn. I don't just mean one thing. 
I mean, I'll learn multiple things and mm -hmm. multiple subjects, all of which are important. Um, I'd say that's the most challenging thing is, you know, the the major uh, priorities will we have to strategize and choose and, and act upon. But it's not like anything is not important. So, you know, that I think is, is probably the most difficult aspect is having to make those um, uh, prioritization sometimes um, it can be can be difficult but um, absolutely love it love working um, with the team um, love working with other people who feel like I do and um, I think we're really in a great place right now in the county I think it's an exciting time yeah and you're kind of in a unique position um, the, you're, you're not <clears throat> supposed to uh, be setting any policy policy is supposed to be set by the Board of Supervisors mm -hmm. and so you're actually hired by the Board of Supervisors to implement their policy. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what the President's supposed to be doing uh, with um, our legislature. And <laughs> so, uh, but, but the, uh, so the important thing is um, in discussing we really can't uh, ask a, uh, an employee to discuss a policy that that she's supposed to be following. It, it, uh, it really uh, is not fair to the Board of Supervisors because there might be different opinions. So we won't uh, be discussing uh, policy unless we're going to uh, explain what policy is mm -hmm. that's different. But as far as questioning or, or trying to change policy, forget it, we can't do it on a show. <laughs> Otherwise, you get mad at us. <laughs> well, we certainly always seek, and I invite, and I know our board invites um, uh, participation from the public. And I think one of the things that everybody is most excited about, as we, I hope, um, are fortunate to continue to move on the trajectory of opening up and having more public meetings, but yeah. or in-person meetings, I should say, we're certainly still having public meetings. But um, is that interaction as you know um, we have a very uh, a very thoughtful and uh, participatory uh, couple of friends and neighbors here in Calavera so that's it's we've missed everyone yeah. <laughs> well one of the things that um, is a very important function that you do is the budget tell us a little bit about that Right, so this has been an incredibly interesting year and a half for uh, for budget. You know, I'm start starting with the onset of COVID in a, in a, in a perfect universe, in an, in an average world, um, budget can be a challenge, hard to project, hard to know what is going to happen with the economy, etc. Um, COVID, of course, magnified that general uncertainty um, to the nth degree. Um, what we thought would happen, and what I think a lot of people thought would happen, um, including the state, uh, was that we would see declines in certain of our revenues, for example, um, transient occupancy tax, um, sales tax, etc. Um, and so we heavily, heavily um, ratcheted down our projections for what those revenues would be, for example. And what we saw uh, surprised us. Um, which was our sales tax numbers, for example, came in higher than they had in the prior fiscal year. Same with um, transient occupancy tax, um, same with our excise tax. So we... If we got less visitors, how come? Uh, maybe 
There's fewer, but they're spending more money. How's that working? <laughs> you know, that is an excellent question. And while I understand um, that we weren't supposed to have many visitors, I suspect that we had more than. <laughs> well, they're escaping from the other areas. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, um, in any event, uh, far be it for me to speculate. But at the end of the day, our transient occupancy tax came in came in high and higher than the previous year, and we expect that uh, trend to remain in place. Although, again, I mean, it's always um, difficult to make projections of these, um, and I do personally think that we'll see the economy soften, um, certainly in the next few years, and maybe significantly so, but um, I hope I'm wrong about that. It's, it's in my nature to be, um, uh, to err on the side of caution, so, and that's... Well, economics 1A kind of tells you that uh, <laughs> if you put more money in circulation, the money you have in circulation is worth less, and that is a cause of inflation. Yes. Not too complicated. <laughs> and we're putting all kinds of money in circulation. And well, actually, we're starting to see the inflation now. Um, Just a question, how, how bad will it get? Yes, agreed. I definitely agree with you there. Um, so, what, we remain with those challenges. Um, you know, we did see CARES Act funding. Um, if you don't mind, I'll talk for a minute about the American Rescue Plan because that's yeah. kind of the follow-on. So the, the funds are um, different in terms of allowable uses and whatnot. Uh, the CARES Act funding that came in at about $4.6 million and um, because of the allowable uses, we were able to um, to use those funds towards our public safety payroll, which uh, took some of the general fund burden off of um, off of the rest of our budget, which was really really crucial and helpful for our, the county at that time. And that includes salaries. Um, indeed, yes. Okay, so what happens when the fund dries up and you got these people that are, are, are expensive? Oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, um, we did not. Um, so the allowable use is for safety salaries, but we did not add any, this was to cover existing salaries. I, we do not use, and when I talk about the American Rescue Plan funds, uh, pivotal part of that discussion is that we don't use one-time funds as a general rule ever for uh, ongoing expenses. Good for you. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> easier said than done, and we do have a structural deficit um, that plagues us, and I don't see that going away anytime soon as much as I will be working for that to be the case, but... Um, what, what roughly is that amount of money? Oh, I'd have to look back at my numbers, but it depends. It depends on the year. Um, but generally speaking, we've been losing about three to three and a half million per year um, in terms of fund balance and our overall structural deficit just at a very high level without taking in any considerations um, about, uh, revenue versus expenses were out by about 10 million um, okay. approximately. So it's a significant number. Um, what helps us is that we get to the end of the fiscal year and we haven't been able to spend all the money that we've budgeted. So whether that's salary savings or capital that didn't get procured or whatever the can case. You reduce the, can you reduce the debt with that money? 
Um, we do. That's exactly, that's the offset. And so we still have been fortunate to wind up with the fund balance and the general fund at the end of each fiscal year. So, um, but it's still an issue. It's not good structurally sound long-term um, practice. So we are yeah. addressing that. The American Rescue Plan funds um, are quite, allowable uses are quite broad, but on the one hand. On the other hand, they could still only be used in certain ways. Very complex. The information is not, the guidance is coming out practically um, still coming out. It's still an interim rule. I know some counties are budgeting for it. Uh, what we're doing is bringing an item to the board on the August 10th and to seek approval to actually submit the request for the funding, which um, I anticipate will be, um, approval will be given by the board for that. And then over the course of the next um, one, two, three months, uh, do our diligence in terms of what recommendations we're going to make to the board, have those conversations with the board, the community, and ultimately uh, make recommendations. And the board clearly, obviously, is in charge of ultimately giving that direction um, and directing us how to spend those funds. But what's important to note there, and going back to your point about one-time funds, one-time um, expenditures, yeah. is that we're doing it outside of the budget process specifically for that reason, okay. as such that we know when we make X expenditure that X money is coming out of the fund to pay for to reimburse whatever department had that appropriate expenditure. Um, so that's exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. There, um, there is some concern uh, in accepting money from, uh, from, uh, from government. Uh, with it comes control and, uh, and the loss of freedom. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, the choices get transferred from the Board of Supervisors to perhaps uh, bureaucrats in the federal government or the state government and uh, very little can be done because there's a threat of removing those funds and um, in fact one of the supervisors commented on that and so as a taxpayer I, I'm concerned that uh, I'd love to have money that would support our services but also I do have concern about losing some of the um, local uh, control that we would expect to have you know I think that's a really good point um, I think a lot of people share that concern I see it as a little bit of a chicken and an egg issue <laughs> myself um, that's just me but where you know we do pay a lot in tax in the state of California we give a lot to the federal government yeah, we, we do. don't always get it back so I'm happy to see it when it comes back um, from a, a control perspective, well, sure, it would be great if it were an $8.9 million check that we could do anything we wanted with. I mean, that would be fantastic, but such is not re reality. Um, that is approximately the number, $8.9 million. Um, we would get the first installment quickly and the second installment a year later. Um, and so, yes, but along with that comes the, the federal government's ability to tell us what we can use it on. That said, we've got a board who cares about its community, cares about the county, is 
on the you know um, boots on the ground with respect to how COVID and um, well, I mean, going all the way back to Butte and before, but all of the recent challenges that this county has um, survived. Um, Beautifully, um, in my opinion, um, but we're still we're still recovering, right? So Not I think many, it's exciting. We don't have too many dead people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I mean, I think it's exciting, and I think that within the confines that are, are the um, the guidance and the the structure that's put forth from the federal government, that our board will be able to find um, many uses for those funds that will benefit the community and the county as a whole. Well, that that's good. And uh, uh, another item, uh, well, we skipped over strategic planning, and this is where. We try to anticipate everything that possibly could happen mm -hmm. and make sure it happens according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautifully put. Okay, I am totally going to may I still that? Um, so, um, exactly. And um, so the history of strategic planning, as I understand it in the county, is that it's basically been fits and starts. I can tell when I go back through um, prior CAO's uh, notes and files and whatnot that the county has tried on several occasions to get uh, together a full strategic plan and for whatever reasons might have happened, and we know there could be, have been many contributing factors, uh, and a strategic plan has never been completely put together or implemented or really gotten off the ground. Each department have to have their own, right? We do have department level strategic plans and we will be working, I mean that's a crucial part of the strategic planning process. We'll be working with our department heads um, as starting, as you said, stated, with the board at a policy level, right? Because I mean that's really what the board's primary function, um, well, or at least one of them, is to set the policy, right? right. And so um, the board made a commitment uh, earlier this year. Uh, first, the board directed uh, administration to bring back discussions of strategic planning and what that process might look like. Um, the board further directed the creation of a um, Standing Brown Act Committee, the Strategic Planning and Financing Committee, which we have been meeting regularly since, I think, uh, their first meeting in April. Uh, we just met this past Monday and have very exciting news. Stay tuned for August 17th when we will have um, uh, the president and CEO of RCRC and uh, former CAO uh, Robert Bendorf um, from um, Yuba County um, and uh, here to speak with our board regarding the strategic planning process. Would that be a study session? Mm -hmm. That will be, that is a study session date. I don't I just anticipate it to be as lengthy as what our, a typical study session or even a short study session would be, but it's an opportunity for the entire board to hear what the strategic planning um, committee is bringing forth in terms of a recommendation for how to actually get this plan together for the first time and move forward with it and incorporate it into um, our thinking. I mean, we talked about the budget. The budget is essentially month, uh, living paycheck to paycheck. 
without a strategic plan. Right. So the strategic plan, then once we have that in place and start really thinking and talking about our values and whatnot in terms of the that broader um, framework and policy level um, directives of the board, then we can incorporate that into our capital improvement planning, um, which is best practice and many, many, most counties probably do, um, our budget process clearly, and all of the other things and decisions that the board makes, um, and those hard choices that the board makes, because yeah. there are, are only so many resources, and right. so when it comes time to make those hard decisions, to be able to look back at our strategic plan and regain our focus and say, okay, this is not a fun decision, but it's consistent with what we've set forth in our strategic plan. And so this is how we're going um, to make this decision. Can you have a budget without a plan? Well, um, we, you know, like yeah, I say, paycheck, like paycheck to paycheck, right? I mean, yes, we have plans, but there, there are plans and there are strategically thought out good good plans. There are multi-year plans. <laughs> okay, right. so, so a you strategic, know. strategic plan would go beyond oh, the, the fiscal year sure. to long-term, like a three, long three to five years. Yeah, you know, repairing roads, for instance. Mm -hmm. Exactly, like precisely. Yeah, okay. Sorry if I was unclear. Yeah, yeah. that's the... That's the goal. I'm just a taxpayer, what I know. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm a taxpayer too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's cool. So uh, we're going now uh, on strategic planning. Uh, is it helpful to look at some of the strategic plans other count other rural counties are doing? Yep. And that probably fits in with uh, RCRC. Mm -hmm. And uh, that could be a lot of help. Yeah, I am. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> very excited. Um, I understand. I'll let our CRC speak for themselves, but I think they're going to talk to us about that on the seventeenth. So, um, about where they're uh, where they're at with strategic planning. And so, I hope you will join us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, another item uh, uh, is animal services. And uh, everybody loves kittens and doggies, mm -hmm. especially puppy dogs. Mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> I, got, I got a lab cat that just loves me, and I'm I'm getting worried because she's old, and I what can I do to make her live longer? And I don't know. There's a whole lot. She demands food, and I give it to her. Mm -hmm. And I, other than that, I can I don't know what to do. But she's such a sweetheart. Of course, then I got two chickens who could care less about me. But do do care about the food? Chickens <laughs> <laughs> do care about their food. <laughs> so, so animal services, they, uh, their present facility is adequate, or are they, is there plans to change that? Well, I you know, grand jury has been the subject, or the animal services shelter has been the subject of numerous grand jury reports of going back. I'm not sure how long, but. Um, probably at least 20, 25 years. So this has been an ongoing issue and kind of like strategic planning, it's been hard for, and for reasons that I don't know and wouldn't bore you with, but it's never gotten off the ground. It's never gotten traction. And the board, um, at the same time that the board directed the formation of the strategic planning committee, the board directed the formation of an ad hoc committee 
um, which is intended to um, look uh, basically at two things, and, and one is um, uh, the jail and the maintenance and upkeep on the jail, but the other, and the one that um, I think is so many people are excited about, is the animal animal services building. and. So we have, for the first time since I've been an admin, um, $600,000 budgeted to get that project started. Um, we are working internally and with the ad hoc committee to move that forward. Recommendations will then be made to the board um, and we'll have to go through all of the other processes at the board level in order to get that project um, off the ground. But this was this incredibly solid first step. We are making progress. I am very excited about that. And we imagine it will be a two year, three year um, process right now. Um, but if we're looking to do the first step in this current fiscal year um, with that $600,000. So very, very exciting. The, um, the, uh, uh, I understand that there's a pretty good support for animal lovers and uh, perhaps there's private funding that goes into the area of animal, uh, I don't know about animal control, but certainly uh, helping uh, animals. Uh, does, that, does that weave into this or how does that work? So I don't know for sure exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, we are working. We've got um, at least two um, uh, community partners who are um, looking to help us with this process and be partners with us. Um, that's exciting. Um, we know that there are people, as you mentioned, who just love love animals, want to do something positive for their community. I think when the building starts to go up, people are going to get really excited and I think it's an opportunity and not so much, um, although to the extent that we can receive donations, that will certainly help go towards... What about volunteer help? Volunteers, donations, but um, also just community support. I think it's going to be good for people to see something being built, that something that's going to be positive right. at the end. You know, um, we love our animals in Calaveras. We're a rural county. Um, I think it will help bring us in closer together than we are even now. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, that's cool. Hey, uh, <clears throat> so in the strategic planning, there's going to be a little portion set aside, and I think it's going to tie into that uh, nine million for improvements for animal control. Is that correct? And then, and then uh, uh, the uh, and then there's possibilities of maybe having volunteer people help with animals, like you have volunteer uh, deputy sheriffs. Yeah, and, and, and I, just to be clear, we've got already a very strong uh, volunteer um, group that helps. I mean, we do, or they do, rabies clinics. Um, uh, Baby clinics? Rabies clinics. And, oh, baby clinics. Yeah, they do, they, they, you know. <laughs> they do all sorts of things. So we've got a really strong volunteer base already, but we're always happy to um, to find more people to work with us. Um, at the end of the day, the $9 million, or 8.9 
that actually is not how we're funding the 600,000. One of the things that we'll be looking at, however, is what type of infrastructure we know we need that we could use those funds for and then make those recommendations to the board. Um, and certainly um, the animal shelter will be um, forefront in everyone's mind, so. Well, Krista, we've learned an awful lot in the last half hour. <laughs> well, thank you for being our guest. And we look forward to having you again, maybe several times during the year. And uh, there might be some things that you think the taxpayer might want to find out about. Give me a call. We'll see if we can get you on the program. <laughs> that sounds great. Al, thank you so much. It's been great to be here with you today. And you know you can call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for watching Taxpayer Alert. See you next time. Thank you.